The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This month I visit with Gwen Hassan. Gwen is the Managing Counsel and Director of Compliance at CNH Industrial. Gwen has had a long career in compliance, literally starting in the 1990s in the healthcare uh, industry with uh, Blue Cross when uh, compliance was just beginning to get started in healthcare. She uh, went to law school while she was working at Blue Cross and then took a variety of jobs, uh, largely in-house, gravitating into the compliance field. It's a fascinating uh, story of the twists and turns of everyone's career. We take a look at, uh, during this podcast series, uh, Gwen's professional background and uh, what uh, led her to uh, pursue a career in compliance. We look at how she balances the practice of law with the practice of compliance. Uh, This is somewhat unusual, and this is the first time we've had someone having both roles in a corporation. She talks about her favorite parts about being a uh, compliance officer and why it's uh, necessary to be culturally curious. She gives advice about people who are uh, interested in the compliance field, and we conclude with a podcast on one of Gwen's passions, which is fighting the scourge of human trafficking and the role of the compliance professional in that fight. I know you'll enjoy this month's series. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of The Compliance Life this week, uh, this month, rather. We have Gwen Hassan with us. And uh, Gwen, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation. Gwen, um, one of the things I know you do and help other compliance professionals around is mentoring. But I was wondering uh, for the listener who might be interested in uh, pursuing a career in compliance, uh, what advice would you give people uh, to get into the field? Yeah, I really enjoy uh, mentoring. It's it's something I make time for intentionally uh, and have throughout my career. And this is actually a conversation that I have frequently. Um, I've been lucky enough to to get to know a number of of people who are considering either shifting their careers, kind of mid midstream, and moving into compliance, or um, people who are just starting out and are considering uh, a, a career in compliance. So one of the one of the things that I always recommend is uh, if it's someone who's just starting out and uh, trying to plan a future career is um, is the, the practice of raising your hand, which is no one's going to come to you and say, hey, Gwen, I think you'd be an excellent compliance practitioner. Would you please take this job, um, especially if you have no experience? The way that you gain experience is by by asking for it, by reaching out, by identifying projects that have a compliance angle or uh, some kind of 
regulatory tie-in and asking for the opportunity to work on them. And if you can't find them within your workplace, uh, find them in your community. There are many different not-for-profit organizations that need advisors or auxiliary boards or uh, straight board members where there are compliance activities that relate to that not-for-profit. So one of the first things I always recommend is that people step up, raise their hand, find ways to gain experience uh, that they can then kind of uh, use as a base for gaining additional experience in other places or in other roles. Uh, something else that I always recommend if, if, if the timing works out in someone's career is uh, speak another language or at least be culturally curious enough to do some studying about other, other cultures, other countries, especially those, of course, where your client operates. Um, because the ability to, to communicate well with people in other parts of your company will open a lot of doors for you. Um, It will give you the opportunity to be seen as someone who cares about the individuals involved in that location, which for a compliance person can be uh, everything. If you are a compliance person who's coming in as, you know, as as corporate, uh, corporate is, in my experience, in many multinational companies, uh, viewed as, as bad, viewed as scary viewed as the enforcers. Um, For anyone who's a fan of The Office, you know how Jan was treated in The Office as somebody to be avoided at all costs. Um, And being able to speak with somebody in their language or at least be culturally appropriate in that country, uh, honoring and identifying the different kind of uh, business methods in that country, um, making sure that you're honoring kind of traditions that are that are present in that culture will go a long way towards building trust with uh, your clients and the people in that location. And without that, you won't be able to be as effective. So those are kind of my two go-tos. Uh, be culturally curious and raise your hand. At least since I've known you, you've uh, generally worked in the manufacturing industry in the Midwest. As you know, I come out of the energy industry in uh, Texas but I was wondering, are there things you found that uh, I don't want to say are unique in compliance to manufacturing, but where you have to put a little more focus than perhaps other industries such as energy or tech? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I'm, I'm. Uh, you're right. My experience. I don't know how <laughs> how I ended up in this in this space. It happened just by happenstance. But my very first job uh, out of law school was with a manufacturer. And uh, from there, I moved to a different manufacturer, and it just kind of you know, rolled from there. Uh, and I think the, co- the compliance environment within a manufacturing company, especially a multinational company, is distinct um, because the focus of compliance has to be extremely practical. Um, by that, I mean, if you're coming from an industry like uh, healthcare or FinCEN, where there are a million different regulations, uh, it creates a challenge, but also creates a certain amount of um, automatic authority, I'll say. So if you've got a book of dense regulations you can point to, 
uh, and a you know parade of horribles you can talk about for people who have violated those regulations, it gives you a certain amount of gravitas and access to senior leaders in that company um, almost without trying. Whereas the manufacturing environment, there are far fewer regulations. So you don't have that to fall back on. You don't have as many regulations that you can point to and say, oh, look, we've got you know a million things here that, that we could get in trouble for. You have to focus more on building that culture of compliance because of the, the higher level compliance risks that apply to all multinationals, you know, bribery and corruption and um, human trafficking and corporate social responsibility. And uh, so I think that there's a, an element of practical advice and building into your business kind of the culture of compliance that is more prevalent within manufacturing than I think in some other industries. When, um, as we head into now, uh, I guess the second year of the 2020s, where do you see the profession headed literally over the next decade? And more importantly, what new skills will we need uh, to continue to be innovative and lead in the compliance profession? I, I think the compliance profession is going to change uh, pretty dramatically, actually, over the course of the next decade, um, because I am seeing already uh, the need for and a big shift towards um, people who have, uh, for lack of a better term, I'll, I'll call it IT skills, um, data analytics skills. With the the new uh, DOJ guidelines related to corporate compliance programs, you can see there's that huge emphasis on data, on uh, making sure that there are no silos related to data, that the compliance function has full access to data, um, that there is an ongoing monitoring function uh, within the compliance program. And if you are coming from a space like I am where you you know went to went to college in the 80s and went to law school in the 90s that didn't exist then or, or if so very in a very tiny form um, and new practitioners and those that want to grow with this profession I think are really going to need to become savvy about data how it works um, what do you have a data lake within your organization or your clients organization? And who has access to it? And what kind of analytics are available? Uh, and, and what kind of monitoring systems are available? And how do you tie that into a larger program? Uh, so that's one. Two, I'd say, as we've seen, especially over the course of the last year, corporate social responsibility is, is not going away and is going to become increasingly important. Uh, I think we saw kind of the start of it with conflict minerals work uh, years ago, and it has uh, branched from there into uh, human trafficking work. But I think we're going to see more focus on all aspects of corporate social responsibility, uh, diversity and inclusion, I think will become a much more important focus. Um, also, along the same line, sustainability in general for a company and being uh, responsible stewards of the resources that they use, both human resources as well as you know, physical uh, resources when running the company. So I see that the, the profession is going to need to expand and adjust not only with more technical knowledge related to data, uh, but also kind of a broader focus of what compliance means, not 
solely in terms of regulations, but in terms of being a good corporate citizen overall. Gwen, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next fourth and final episode. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. Me too. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you will join me again next week where I take up another episode with Scott Sullivan in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of The Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.